you hear a knock on the door and open it to find two friendly representatives from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormon Church. So what will you say? Will you send them away without a Christian witness? Or will you engage them in a meaningful and Christ-honoring conversation? If you desire the latter, may we suggest the book, Answering Mormon's Questions, by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Answering Mormon's Questions is available wherever you find quality Christian books. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is a good friend that I'm going to introduce to you. His name is Jordan. And Jordan has a story to tell because Jordan, who is now a New Testament Christian, was at one time a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you know that I like to talk to people who have come out of the LDS movement so they can share their story with us to tell us what was it, first of all, that intrigued them in wanting to get involved in the LDS Church, because, Jordan, you were a convert, correct? Yes, sir. First of all, welcome to the show. Glad <laughs> to have you here. Let's just jump right into it. Now, we, we have kind of a camaraderie here because we are both from San Diego, and you, it's funny because your family's from La Mesa, California, which is mm -hmm. the town right next to where I lived in El Cajon, affectionately known as Hell Cajon during the summer, <laughs> we were right in the same area, your family and my family as well. And so we're both very familiar with the geography and we've been talking about places that we know that are, that are in the San Diego area. You had converted to the LDS church and you didn't really have a religious background, however. You were mentioning to me how you had a lot of new age ideas. Why don't you explain for our listeners what that meant to you? Yeah, I would love to. So I started to become interested in new age ideas and new age practices probably when I was around 18 or 19. I got really into yoga. I got really into um, crystals. I got really into, in a lot of ways, it's very repackaged Buddhism and Hinduism and, and uh, spirituality and you know, everything is energy. And, you know, I started to meet people that subscribe to that. And it's, it's a way of life that I think makes um, sense to the non-religious person, because it's tapping into, there's more to life than what you see, and that everyone is connected and to let anger go. And so it was, it was a very appealing practice in my book, but did it really work? Um, So that's kind of what led me to to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is because I would say no. I got as far into New Age as probably, I'm hesitant to say that, but probably as far as you can go, and it never felt like enough. It, it always felt like something was missing, and you know I felt a little bit better about myself and about how I looked at the world, but it never felt enough. And I guess that's kind of when I started to 
you know, pursue different things, including the Latter-day Saint Church. Well, how did that happen? Because were you just sitting at home one day and got a knock on the door <laughs> or you saw an ad on television? Why don't you give us a little bit of a, some details of how you got involved in, in the LDS Church? Yeah, so I actually, I, I believed it to be kind of this prophecy because when I was a child, I got a Book of Mormon from missionaries, two sister uh, missionaries at my door, and I always kept it. And they get, you know, I remembered them telling me we have a, we have a prophet that's living today and the true church has been restored. And I can still remember them telling me some of these things at my door. And I was just a very little kid and they gave me this Book of Mormon and I never read it and I always kept it. And of course I was never a Christian at that point. So many houses later and moves later, this Book of Mormon would always get shuffled around and kind of what we were talking about um, off air a little bit, I was working at a um, grocery store and doing night shifts and I would always listen to just, you know, music and podcasts. And I ended up stumbling upon a video from Brad Wilcox, um, who I didn't know was a big church figure. Yeah, he's a BYU professor <laughs> and, and he's actually a big deal in the LDS church. He's a very popular speaker. If you ever yeah. watch him, he's very animated. Not too long ago, he got in a little bit of trouble talking about some portions of LDS doctrine that some did not like. But yeah, he's uh, very well liked. He speaks a lot on the grace issue. And I know I've had to field questions from Latter-day Saints who insist that their idea of grace, because of Brad Wilcox, sounds very similar to what Christians have historically believed. And so we have critiqued Brad Wilcox's talks on this show because I, I think, though he does, on the surface, sound somewhat good, when you look very carefully at what he's saying, it's the same old Mormonism. He just packages it in a brighter paper, you might say. But I think that also makes him kind of dangerous, too. Uh, because when people hear a guy like Brad Wilcox explain what he believes, he tries to make it sound very evangelical. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Mormonism keeps pulling him back in, you know. But but anyway, so you're listening to Brad Wilcox, and, and what is he talking about? Um, he was talking to an evangelical Christian. They're just having this dialogue, and they were just, like you kind of mentioned, talking about grace and a relationship with God. And, you know, Brad is, like you mentioned, he's a very um, charismatic figure, He's and very sincere. And I just remember hearing this, you know, kind of poll that Brad was saying that, you know, God is your father and he wants to know you and it's that close of a relationship. And, and so by the end of the video, I remember just at, like this one-off video I had on my phone, I looked down by the end and I said, who is, who was that? I, that kind of led me down to learning about the next thing I saw was patriarchal blessings. And I thought it was, you know, the most interesting thing to me. And then from there, I, I was looking through social media and I stumbled upon two um, missionaries in San Diego and I messaged them because they said, you know, if, if you want to learn more about temples, you know, send us a message. And they're just posting these kind of general videos. And that was the topic, temples? That was the, yeah. kind of the first thing you <laughs> wanted to know about? That, that yeah. sounds kind of strange to me because mm -hmm. I guess some people probably would be interested in temples because there's so little that is explained to them about these buildings and what goes on inside of them. But they were going to talk to you about that. Interesting. Very vaguely, but yes, and especially the San Diego one, which, as you know, is a very big building there. And Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> So I messaged them, and we, we had this Zoom meeting, and 
by the end of it, they say, you know, Jordan, like, it was great talking to you. Let's get you connected to some missionaries in your area. Where do you live? And I told them, and they said, that's where I, that's where we, that's where we are. And so, you know, a couple of days later, I met up with them at a institute building and um, they had. On we the should day, explain that institute buildings, that's, this is where college age students mm-hmm. go to meet and get instructions, uh, spiritual instructions, whereas a seminary would be more on a high school level. So if anyone wasn't familiar with that term. Yeah. And so they bring me into this tiny room with the San Diego temple on the wall and they have on this, you know, circular wooden desk, this book of Mormon. And they brought with them because it was two sisters. And so they can't be alone with, uh, with a guy and, you know, sure. And, um, they brought with them a new, another new member. And he was actually a, um, an ex Jehovah's witness that became a Latter-day Saint. Really? And so, um, and he was all fired up for the LDS gospel because he was just baptized a couple months ago. So Mm. they said no one better than to bring this guy. Mm. And they had on the table this Book of Mormon, and they said, have you ever seen this before? And I said, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to remember, I'm not sure. And didn't even read the first page, the I, Nephi, we read whatever that little first kind of introduction page is, mm-hmm. and that was all we read. I remember one of the sisters looked me deeply in the eyes, and like the most serious thing I've probably ever seen in my life, she said, Jordan, I know this is true. I know this is all true. I know the Book of Mormon is true. And, you know, you, especially being in here, here in Utah, being a Christian here in Utah, you, you hear a lot of testimonies, but this was like, for some reason, it's, I still think about it. And it was, it was more sincere than anything I've heard until that point. And so to see something, when I was so wishy-washy about my own beliefs and um, to have somebody that was super firm in what they believed, I think was very attractive to me, I guess. Mm. And yet, if you were to ask her how she knew this, I'm sure her answer would not have included hours and hours of study and looking at evidence and comparing anthropological studies and verifying whether or not people groups such as Nephites and Lamanites really existed. It wouldn't have contained any of that. It probably all came down to her personal testimony, which is a result of her praying, probably Moroni 10.4. Uh, where it talks about having a sincere heart and real intent and having faith in Christ that the Holy Spirit will manifest this unto you. But it's very subjective. But, okay, you hear this young lady telling you this, and she sounds so sincere. But isn't that, Jordan, really, when you think about it, isn't that how a lot of very good salesmen are? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to tell you the product I have, I know it works. Yeah. If you have this product, this will be the best thing for your life. In everyday life, we would probably be much more cautious, I would think, when someone's trying to sell us a product. Why is it when it comes to spiritual things like religion, we can be moved by someone who says they know this is true, but yet many people are convinced. And, And what I have to often tell people is the same people that knew the Book of Mormon was true, a lot of those very same people are now ex Mormons. And something happened between that time and the present when they left the church. What was it in between? I would venture to say probably a lot of evidence Mm -hmm. and something they did not look at before. And unfortunately, many people join the church without looking at the evidence. They don't take the time to examine it. So this young lady is telling you that the church is true. So what do you do now? Well, it kind of flipped my whole worldview because I said, okay, well, this is kind of what I'm looking for. 
the new age thing didn't really work out, didn't really pan out. And so they said, okay, well, we're having an institute class, right? You know, it's about to start right next door. So I go in and it was a lesson about the covenant path. And so I thought no better, no better way for me to learn about the structure of Mormonism than all these steps I needed to do. And they drew the staircase. The institute teacher um, drew the staircase and it was being baptized and being, you know, getting the priesthood and being sealed and all these different steps. And I made a sticky note and I, I wrote these things down and um, I didn't know any better. You know, you make a good point. You, you really had no reference point to compare this to because you were not raised in a Christian environment where I can almost excuse that with you. <laughs> whereas when I talk to people who were raised in a Christian home, you feel like grabbing them by the shoulder saying, what's the matter with you? Did you just set aside everything you learned in Sunday school or listening to various sermons? Maybe it was just so shallow it bored you, but it, it obviously didn't have a, a, a deep meaning to you. But you didn't have this kind of a reference point. So you were kind of, I guess you could say somewhat of a clean slate. Just go ahead and write and I'll believe just about anything you have to say, which um, fortunately you, you end up doing. And you are eventually baptized in the LDS Church. Yeah, so after three weeks, after three different lessons and going to sacrament three weeks, they said, you can be baptized now. And after three weeks and maybe a fourth of the Book of Mormon read at that point, um, I was baptized in the church. Tomorrow we're going to continue talking with Jordan about his journey into the LDS Church as well as his journey out of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.